0: Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week, I want to look at what it means to gain true courage for such a time as this. I think a lot of us are dealing with fear and uncertainty with everything that's going on in the world. So many of us have been affected by the virus outbreak and all the ramifications of that, and I've talked to so many women who are struggling with fear and anxiety. And now, in our last episode, we talked about embracing our feminine design, and I want to get back into that topic very soon, but I felt like it would be good to pause and really take a look at what God says about living in courage and overcoming fear and anxiety. Before we dive into that topic, I wanted to remind you that today, March 20th, is the last day to enter our Ellerslie Full Ride Scholarship giveaway, so go to ellerslie.com to learn more. We're giving away 12 free Full Ride Scholarships for our programs later this year in the summer and the fall of 2020, so if you are passionate about Jesus Christ and longing for a time to just focus on Him, grow in Him, connect with like-minded believers from all around the world, I encourage you to go to ellerslie.com and enter to for the chance to win one of these free spots for later this year. Also, be thinking ahead to our Set Apart Girl conference, which is happening in June. You can join us in person in Colorado or via simulcast, which is a great way to share the Set Apart message with the other women in your life. So you can go to setapartgirl.com to learn more about that event. I'm very excited about this year's conference. It's all about building deeper intimacy with Christ. So again, the conference is coming up in June, and you can go to setapartgirl.com to learn more about how you can join us for that event. So let's dive into gaining true courage in such a time as this. Like I said before, so many of us feel like we're living in kind of a topsy-turvy world, and fear is being dished out every day to us by the media, by the internet, even by our own friends and family members. And we really need to grapple with that question, how are we going to respond? Fear is being placed right in front of us, and we have that choice whether we're going to partake of that fear and just of dive right in like everybody else, or if God has a different way for us to respond. It's so easy to jump on the bandwagon when you see everyone around you panicking and being fearful, and even it's easy to fall into the mentality that somehow becoming fearful is the right thing to do when you're in a season of crisis. But I have learned personally that God has such a different way, a triumphant and victorious way for us to walk through challenging times. Personally, I've had a very difficult week, and I've been hit with a lot of of unexpected jolts We've had events that have had to cancel, plans that have been disrupted, even grocery shopping has become an obstacle course and a very stressful experience, especially when you're shopping for eight people and everything's just so chaotic out there. Around the same time all this started happening, my younger brother suffered a stroke and had to have emergency surgery. There have been a lot of family dynamics with that and another family member passed away. So all of this has happened to me within a very short period of time and I've been struggling with a myriad of different emotions and definitely there's been that temptation to say yes to fear and yes to worry but God is constantly bringing me back to some important truths from his word that have helped me through other difficult seasons in my life and have helped me choose courage over anxiety so if you could use a shot of courage today I hope these principles will encourage you Ephesians 6:10 through eleven says, "Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil." And I think a lot of times we just look at that scripture and glaze over it and think, wow, that's really a powerful scripture. But are we really being proactive in putting on the armor of God because fear and anxiety and these things do come against us? And unless we're walking in truth, unless we are really using the spiritual tools that God has made available to us, very often that fear can take hold and we become a victim to it rather than walking in victory over it. I love Proverbs 31, 25, which talks about the woman of godly character and it says, strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. And that's an important question for each of us to grapple with today. Are we smiling at the future, or are we dreading the future? Now, even before the virus outbreak, you may have had things about the future that you were struggling to smile about. You were maybe dreading or fearing, and God is constantly challenging me with this scripture and asking me that question, are you smiling at the future? Because this is the the heritage or the blessing or the gift that he has given us in Christ is the ability to smile at the future because he holds the future in his hands. I've mentioned on other podcasts about overcoming fear, two of my very favorite stories of women in history who lived this out so powerfully and so beautifully. One is Mary Slessor. She was a missionary to Africa, and she was so courageous and so bold. She did things that most other missionaries wouldn't even think about doing because she was so passionate about bringing the gospel to the unreached. She was in a situation one time where she was back in the interior of Af- Africa and dealing with just a very savage, that, you know, they were demon worshipers, they had witch doctors, they had just terrible traditions and superstitions, and they were very violent people. And she walked into a situation one day where a woman had broken some tribal rule and they were about to scald her with hot oil and the whole village had gathered and this warrior was all decked out in his war paint and feathers and dancing around this woman chanting with his cauldron of hot oil this ladle of hot oil and she ran right up to them and stood in between the man and the woman and just refused to move and sort of dared him to even try to touch and hurt this woman and he was so shocked and so were all the people because they had never seen anyone get in the way of tribal justice they had never seen anyone stand up with courage to one of these fierce tribal warriors especially when they're all decked out with paint and they look really scary and they're holding a ladle of hot oil in their hand but she had the courage of god infusing her and she stood there and would not back down even though she knew she could get a ladle of hot oil right in her face for doing that she would not back down and finally this this warrior began to dance around her and threatened to burn her with the oil but she still would not back down, and eventually he just threw the ladle down and stomped away in disgust. And that moment of courage was what ushered the gospel into that tribe, because all of the people started to think, wow, is there is there a power greater than the power of our violence and our superstition and our you know, witchcraft that we have in this tribe? Maybe there's a greater power because we've never seen anyone stand up to that kind of fear with that much courage. She must have a power that she's tapped into that we don't know about. And that's what made them hungry to find out more about the gospel. When we walk in courage, when we are willing to say, okay, Lord, I may not be feeling very courageous in this moment, but you can be strong through me. In our weakness, his strength is made perfect. And when we're willing to open ourselves up to that amazing courage of God that wants to cascade through us, when we're just willing to yield and surrender to it. That is when the world around us can really step back and say, there's something different about her life, and I want to know what it is. A similar story happened with Gladys Aylward. She was a missionary to China, and it wasn't long after she arrived in this village that she began to get a reputation of someone who believed in this almighty God who was powerful, and he was the living God. And there was a riot at a men's prison down the road from where she lived, and the governor of the region asked her to go in and stop the riot. Now, she wasn't even five feet tall. She was this little teeny woman and how was she supposed to stop this bloody riot at a men's prison and even the guards couldn't get control of this chaos and people were dying and there was blood everywhere. It was a totally violent situation and she decided that she was going to walk in there in the strength of God. She had no weapons. She had no idea what she was going to do but she knew that God was with her. She walked into the middle of this riot and even as one of the men was charging her with a weapon, she commanded him to put it down and she she lifted up her voice. And told all of the men to put their weapons down and to go back to their cells. And amazingly, they all obeyed her. I think they were just so shocked that this little tiny woman had that kind of courage. And even the guards and the law enforcement guys wouldn't go in there. Again, the power of God, the courage of God demonstrated through someone's life. Now, is that kind of courage just a special calling for only a few select people in every generation? I've heard people say that, well, that was Mary Slessor, that was Gladys Elward, or maybe that was Hudson Taylor. We're not, not everyone has that kind of special courage. And we often think, you know, that's a really neat story, but I could never do that. And yet, if you look all through scripture, and even all through Christian history, you realize that when people walked in that kind of extraordinary courage, and they faced extreme dangers with just that unflinching resolve to stand boldly, it wasn't their own strength. It was the power of God working through them. And and very often, they were really, really ordinary people. And they struggled with fears of their own, but they were willing to say, okay, Lord, work through me in my weakness, your strength will be made perfect. And I love this quote from Goldberg. He said, the greatest Old or New Testament saints were on a level that is quite within our reach. The same spiritual power that enabled them to become our spiritual heroes is also available to us. We often face much smaller challenges and obstacles in our own daily lives, and we constantly shrink back from them. And yet God has called us to be strong and courageous. This isn't just a special calling for some for some Christians. It's the calling of everyone who is a, a child of the King of all kings. And it's a specific calling even for us as godly, Christ-centered women. I've spoken so many times on this podcast about Proverbs 31, but it was such a game-changer for me when I realized that those words, who can find a virtuous woman, did not mean a quiet, mousy woman knitting in a a corner in a rocking chair. It actually means valiant, mighty, and strong. We talked about that in in the last episode on embracing our feminine design, but it's the very same word used to describe King David when he wrestled the bear and the lion, he conquered Goliath, and he slew thousands of Israel's fiercest enemies. And again, the chief characteristic of the Proverbs 31 woman is the word strength. But it's so important to realize that to tap into that kind of strength, it's not about trying or trying to rise up in your own strength, trying to have courage, trying to be bold. It's about surrendering. First and foremost, it's about knowing who God is and what he wants to do in our lives and be to us, and then surrendering to him and saying, Lord, live in and through me whatever life you desire. I want to get out of the way that you would be seen through my life. And I've talked about David who sprinted toward the battle. When he faced Goliath, it says in 1 Samuel 17, 48, that when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to him, he hurried and ran to meet the Philistine. And that means to sprint with liquid ferocity. Can you imagine approaching every challenge of your life, even the current challenges you may be walking through, the way that David approached Goliath? Now, we may not be able to go very many places these days. We may not be able to sprint towards all the chaos that's going on out there, but in our souls, we certainly can. And David ran to meet Goliath. Mary Slessor rushed to meet the the warrior with the boiling oil. Gladys Aylward marched straight up to the angry man holding the knife who was about to attack her. In the power of God, they sprinted toward the battle. And like I said, this is usually the opposite attitude that I naturally have towards challenges that I face in my own life. But God has been challenging me to embrace an attitude not of defeat and retreat, but of bold sprinting toward the battle and standing strong in his courage. The scripture that we talked about earlier says, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, not in our own might, not in our own power. So what battles has God called you to sprint toward today? Maybe it's simply walking victoriously and having a heavenly perspective while the rest of the world around us is in chaos and panic. I think that's really been my challenge this week. Everybody around us may be panicking and and stressing and worried, but are we willing to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ and the fact that we are never for a moment out of his sight and he will meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory? Maybe your battle that you are to sprint towards is gaining victory over a specific sin or a sinful stronghold in your life, living a happy, triumphant christian life overcoming things like fear and depression and doubt in your life pushing the enemy back we've talked in previous podcasts about that or rescuing and and saving the lost souls around you bringing glory to god's name in this generation it could be something big something small but remember this kind of christianity Even though it may not seem all that realistic anymore, it is real Christianity. It is the courageous path that we are called to walk. I've shared in other episodes how I went through a whole season of my life where I really, really struggled with constant fear to the point where I had anxiety attacks. I never really felt free from fear and even ended up in the emergency room once because my symptoms of anxiety were so intense. And again, I was not smiling at the future, I was dreading it. And as I began to cry out to God for answers, He began to lead me through a biblical battle plan to conquer fear, not just sort of survive through the anxiety, but conquer fear no matter what was happening in my life. And I wanted to share those with you today in the hope and the prayer that they will give you a battle plan against fear and help you rise up to find true courage, whatever you may be walking through today. And the first practical is to surrender. It's so amazing to think about this. If we are clinging to our own rights, we will always be fearful about losing them. And so often it's the areas that we are most fearful about that we are clinging to the tightest in our soul. But if those things are placed in God's hands, we have nothing to fear because he's in control of those areas now. So some of the key areas that we need to look at as far as surrender are future. Are we willing to place our future entirely in his hands and say, Lord, whatever this looks like, whatever you have for me in the future, I surrender to you because I know your plans and your purposes for me are good to give me a hope and a future. The enemy often tries to make us think, you know, God wants to harm you and hinder you and make your life miserable. It's not safe to surrender to him. But it is, of course, safe to the one who loved us so much that he did not spare his own son to redeem us. So are you willing to surrender your future into his hands? Our health. So often we cling to that and think, well, I don't want to ever go through anything difficult with my health. Are we willing to lay that at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, my life is in your hand? How about our reputation? What people think of us? This has been such a hard one for me as I've been at times in my life misunderstood or falsely accused and to lay that at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I'm not going to worry about this anymore. I put it in your hands and you will defend me. You will be my advocate. You will be the one to speak up for me. I don't need to defend myself possessions. That's another thing. So many of us are afraid of losing possessions or money or material comforts that we've been clinging to. Are we willing to give those things back to God and say, Lord, everything that I have belongs to you. I put it in your hands. Friendships. Are we afraid of losing different friendships or trying to maintain a specific standing with certain friends? Are we willing to give that up and say, Lord, I trust you to bring friends into my life in your perfect time and way. And this is not something I'm going to cling to with a death grip or our dreams and our desires, our comforts, our security, our own plans, our own agenda, our right to live like the rest of the world. That's a, this is a big one for so many of us because we become fearful about not having the same experiences or opportunities or whatever as the rest of the world. And we often forget we're not called to live like the rest of the world. We're called to a set apart life. Here are a couple of really great quotes about surrender that that have really helped me as I've been wrestling through these areas. Hudson Taylor said, I am no longer anxious about anything as I realize that he is able to carry out his will for me. It does not matter where he places me or how. That is for him to consider, not me, for in the easiest positions he will give me grace and in the most difficult ones his grace is sufficient. Imagine having that surrendered attitude every day and how that would free us from fear if we just placed everything in his hands. And we remembered how trustworthy he really is. And Amy Carmichael said, I often think how wonderful it is to have nothing to think of, no care in all the world, but to do his will and finish his work. When we realize that we are called to be busy about our father's business, to be the hands and feet of Christ, to carry out his will, to take one step of obedience at a time, there's really not that much to be concerned about. There's nothing to worry about because that is our purpose in life. It's when we start to cling to all these other things, our own agenda, that we have a lot of fodder for fear. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Not some of our care, but all of it. And the word casting in that verse means literally to throw away, to throw off, to give to God. So if you are facing problems or fears, even seemingly impossible problems right now, remember to throw those cares at the feet of Jesus. The only way to find true rest is to cast those burdens upon him and not try to carry what only he can really carry. So surrender is the first step to gaining true courage. And the second is to become fortified. It says in James 4, 7, to resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we are to submit to God, as it says, and resist the devil. A lot of the times when we're struggling with fear, it's because we're being really hounded and attacked by the enemy and we don't realize it. And when I was walking through my season of overcoming fear, I began to realize that I shouldn't put up with constant harassment of the enemy, just these doom and gloom thoughts that would enter my mind or just this feeling of oppression that would come upon me from the the spiritual realm that I needed to rise up in the power of God and say no to those attacks. And so I began to resist whenever I recognized, hey, this isn't just my own thoughts or my own feelings here. This is something coming against me from the enemy that is seeking to cast a dismal light on my future and put me in a position of fear and make me feel oppressed. And so I began to simply say no to that in the name of Jesus because he has given us power over all the power of the enemy. So if you feel like the enemy is harassing you in the area, of fear, if you feel a feeling of just oppression and Um, dismal thoughts and bleak ideas about what your future holds, very likely the enemy is just playing that card against you and you can rise up in the power of God, not through your own name, not through your own power, but because you're in Christ and you can resist him. You can say no to him. So become fortified against the enemy's attacks. Learn to recognize them and learn to stand against them. It says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and devour there means to swallow up and destroy. So if we're not sober, if we're not vigilant, if we're not watchful against enemy attacks and watchful of over our own soul, then we make ourselves vulnerable to the enemy just having a heyday with us remember that the enemy's desire is to create confusion. And a lot of times we, when we take steps forward spiritually, or we step into something God has called us to, that is when we're going to start really getting attention from the enemy. I refer back a lot to Nehemiah when he was rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. It was really interesting to see how his enemies totally left him alone until he started building that wall. But once they built, once they started building the wall, those enemies came out of nowhere. And it says in Nehemiah 4, 7 and 8, when Sanballat took The Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were beginning to be restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. I can so relate to that because as I begin to make progress in my spiritual life or really have some breakthroughs in different things that God has called me to, a lot of times that's when the attacks will really be coming on a lot more stronger. And yet it says in Luke 10 19, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So I would encourage you to consider which areas of your life, which attack areas might be coming from the enemy. And begin taking that authority in Christ to resist the enemy's attack, his oppression, or whatever it is that he's he's uh, kind of conspiring against you to create confusion or fear. And begin saying no to that because that is your right in Jesus Christ. And remember. If the enemy is attacking you, God can turn everything that the enemy means for evil in your life into something that brings him glory. So read the story of Joseph for an inspiring look at how God took the enemy's evil plans and turned them for his purposes. So if you're struggling a lot with what's going on in the world today, remember that. That is so comforting to realize that even though things feel so dark and so out of control, God can still turn that to something that will bring his glory if we will look to him, if we will trust him. The third principle to finding true courage is to learn how to really pray. Learn how to wrestle in prayer. And I've quoted this before, but Charles Spurgeon once said, there is a general kind of praying which fails for lack of precision. It's as if a regiment of soldiers should all fire off their weapons everywhere. Possibly somebody would be killed, but the majority of the enemy would be missed. I think that is such a great way to put it because so often when we're going through a time of crisis, it's very tempting to just pray these broad, general prayers, and God has asked us to really pray with specifics and with boldness and with courage, not to pray sort of general, wimpy prayers, but to say, okay, Lord, what are the burdens that are on your heart? What are the specific things you want me to pray for? And I'm going to go after those things in in faith. I'm going to wrestle until the breakthrough comes. And don't be discouraged if you don't see immediate results. The the woman in Matthew 15 who cries out after Jesus multiple times on behalf of her daughter, this is such a, an important story to learn from because at first Jesus totally ignores her and you would think, okay, this lady should just take the hint and go away. He doesn't want to answer her prayer. And even the disciples are thinking that because they say, hey, Master, you know send her away. She's crying out after us. And finally, he turns and speaks to her. But what he says is not very encouraging. He says, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And it's not It's not right for me to take what was meant for the children and cast it to the dogs. Now, to me, that that seems like a pretty closed door. And most of us would sort of walk away and say, "Okay, I guess he doesn't want to answer. But she said, but Lord, even the dogs can take the crumbs that fall from the children's table. And he says not, hey, lady, I already told you. No, he says, woman, great is your faith. And he answers her prayer. And that story is in the Bible for us to learn from. That is what importunate praying really is. So don't give up. If you have really specific burdens on your heart, continue to wrestle until you see that breakthrough come. As you're walking through this difficult time, make a list of things that you are really feeling need to be addressed in prayer things that are really strong burdens on your heart or things that you struggle with worrying about and make that list and every single day wrestle in prayer until breakthroughs come in those areas and another practical is to take every thought captive so often the battle for fear the battle to find true courage is won or lost in our mind with our thoughts Martin Luther said you can't stop the birds from flying over your head but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair so good because we may not be able to keep those fearful thoughts from entering our minds. I mean, especially if you're glued to the news today, it's just a breeding ground for fearful thoughts. But we do have the power to kick them out the moment they arrive, so they don't take root inside our hearts and control our lives. And really, that's the essence of what Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians when he says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Of Christ. Now, this is something that we are commanded to do. We are called to do in the strength of God. So we have to take those proactive steps to take our thoughts captive, not to just sort of meditate on what the world is saying, meditate on what the news is saying, let those fearful thoughts have a heyday in our mind, because once we do that, we are going to be a slave to fear. Whenever I've struggled with fearful thoughts, two things that have really helped me is first and foremost, meditating on scripture. So memorizing some really short, key, powerful scriptures that you can immediately begin meditating on as soon as those fearful thoughts try to come knocking. Or to pray for someone who is really in need of the power of God in their life, when maybe they're unsaved or they're really struggling with something, pray for someone when those fearful thoughts try to attack. And both of those situations get your mind off of what you're fearing and they get your mind on participating in building the kingdom of God. And if the enemy is attacking you with fearful thoughts, he doesn't want you praying. He doesn't want you meditating on scripture. So very often he'll back away when you start to fight back with truth. I love these two quotes. One is from Corey Ten Boom. The other is from Elizabeth Elliott. Corey Ten Boom says, worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It's moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. And how true that is. We so often think that it is wise to start worrying about the future and concerning ourselves with tomorrow. But God has given us what we need to walk through today. And when we're walking through a really challenging time, it is so important to say, God has given me a grace for today. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. And really utilize the strength and the grace and the presence of God and the comfort that is available for us today and not worry whether that same grace and strength and comfort will be available for us tomorrow. Because it will be. It will be there however many times that we need to use it. And Elizabeth Elliot said, worry is refusing the given. Today's care not tomorrow's is the responsibility given to us apportioned in the wisdom of God. Often we neglect the thing assigned for the moment because we are preoccupied with something that is not our business just now. It is so easy to give. Only half of our attention to someone who needs us friend, husband, or little child because the other half is focused on a future worry. I know I can definitely relate to those words. It's so easy for me to be distracted when a lot is going on around me and I'm concerned about what tomorrow might look like. But God has called us to live one day at a time, not to carry the load of two days at once. He has given us grace for today. So live today with that grace. And the next practical is to get in step with God, to step outside of your comfort zone, to turn outward. When we're fearful, turning outward is really the last thing we feel like doing. We want to focus on ourselves, our own issues, and I remember going through this one time in my young adult years, and someone in my life challenged me that I needed to turn outward and serve, and I would be a lot less worried and fearful about my own life if I would turn outward and begin serving other people, and I started to do that, and it made such a difference. It made such an impact in my life to get my eyes off myself and my own issues and start serving other people around me. My brothers and I began to volunteer at a nursing home and go to a hospital where we could sing. the patients and I just looked for people in my community that needed Jesus and focused on serving and it was an incredible cure for that worry, that anxiety. Eric's grandmother who who died before he was born had had that mentality. Every time she was struggling with something personally, she would find someone to serve. And it seems so counterintuitive, but she would just rise above whatever it was that she was walking through by serving others. Now, it is very important not to serve for the wrong reasons, not to be trying to impress others, not to be serving in our own strength, because that is what leads to burnout and, you know, sort of the Martha syndrome where we're really serving, but we're not serving in the right spirit or with the right strength because she was looking to her own strength. But the idea of serving and turning outward is so powerful when it comes to overcoming fear. My great-grandmother who died before I was born, there's some stories about her. She lived through the Great Depression and raised a very large family kind of out on a farm in the Great Depression, and somehow, some way, she always managed to have enough food and energy to feed whatever travelers happened to be coming through who needed a place to stay, and she would go out into the community and deliver babies and deal with people who were sick with very contagious diseases, and she never worried about herself. She just prayed and asked for God to God's protection and then she would come home and wash her hands with lye soap and then make dinner for her family and they never got sick. She just rested in God's pr- protection and she turned outward, which is just a really inspiring story because at a time when you know it might make more sense to hunker down and just think about ourselves, she was turning outward and we can do the same. Now, we might be quarantined at the moment or <laughs> not able to really go anywhere, but what are some other areas, other ways that we can encourage others from a distance or pray for them or turn outward? Loving, serving, giving sacrificially is what Christ did for us, and it's what he asks us to do as the body of Christ. So if we want to be courageous women, we have to stop living for ourselves and start living fully for him. When you say to God, I'm willing to be pushed out of my comfort zone, he will back you up with the courage and the strength that you need. What he calls you to, he will equip you for. So here are some final thoughts on finding true courage. As you allow God to shape you into a woman of valiance and courage, Be aware, like we said earlier, that the enemy will try to do everything that he can to try to discourage you from pursuing this calling, just like he did for Nehemiah. He might say things like, this is too hard. You can't do this. You're not strong enough for this, etc. But that is when we need to rise up in the power of God and remember the authority that we have in Christ. As it says in Nehemiah 6, 9, they were all trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work that it will not be done. And his response was this. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. And that can be our prayer as well. Let's follow Nehemiah's example and be ready to fight against the enemy's lies with God's truth. Because Nehemiah refused to listen to the enemy's smooth lies, and he kept his eyes on the task before him, the enemy's plot came to nothing. It says in Nehemiah 4.15, And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. I encourage you to ask What battles God is calling you to sprint towards today? Walking in victory when others around you are panicking, turning outward and serving, overcoming a a stronghold in your life, standing firm for the salvation or the needs to be met of someone around you, walking in victory over fear or unforgiveness or bitterness or maybe it's just joyfully embracing a challenging circumstance and trusting that God will gloriously triumph through it whatever difficulties you may have been shrinking back from ask God to infuse you with a brave hearted spirit a courageous spirit the the courage that can only come from him one that will cause you to sprint toward that battle with liquid ferocity with absolute confidence in your mighty faithful God and I'd like to finish with a really great inspiring quote from James Gilmore cannot the same wonders be done now as of old do not the eyes of the Lord still run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who trust him where now is the Lord God of Elijah he is waiting for Elijah to call on him I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. For more resources on living in courage and overcoming fear, I encourage you to go to setapartgirl.com. We have many courses, articles, podcasts, resources there that can help you live a courageous and Christ-centered life. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-focused week.